0: Hello and welcome to the Medical Humanities Podcast, the official podcast of BMJ's Medical Humanities Journal. We invite you to listen in and join the conversation, from academic discussions happening in our journal, to interviews with filmmakers and artists, and global perspectives on health and medicine from around the world. Stay up to date with public discussions that matter to medicine and to the humanities, because life happens at the
1: intersections. Hello, and welcome back to the Medical Humanities Podcast. I'm Brandy Scilache, and today we're joined by Therese Feiler, a postdoctoral researcher in systemic theology and ethics at the Ludwig Maximilians University in Munich. She is part of the project uh, that's a multidisciplinary consortium working on digitalized and personalized medicine in the field of disease that she's going to actually explain a bit more to us, but the reason I want to talk to her today has to do with an upcoming December special issue that will be part of our 2020 double December issue for those readers of the Medical Humanities Journal. Uh, Therese, what I'm really hoping you might do is give us a bit more information about what it is that you do and where it is that you're coming from, particularly your field, and then what led you to work on this special issue. So. I'm uh,
0: one of these people who you might call a fox rather than a hedgehog. (laughs) So I have multiple interests and uh, for some reason they do cohere in my head, but not necessarily when you read about them. I'm interested in uh, political theology. That's my background. And starting from there, I looked at welfare state reforms and then eventually moved into medical ethics uh, coming from there. And that very soon and today, of course, uh, connects with uh, questions about technology, questions about um, how do we diagnose people? How do we conceptualize people? So there is a, a deep anthropological element to this, which then, of course, connects to the medical, ethical and political practice. So... My focus on personalization um, and digitalization in medicine is kind of uh, embedded in
1: an anthropological and uh, political anthropological
0: background.
1: I think that's fascinating and i'm I'm actually multidisciplinary as well, though not coming from it in the same direction that you are. and so i I find these connections really interesting. and I think medical humanities is such a Rich and fertile place for these kinds of explorations to take place. I'm particularly interested in what you say about digitization and personalization, because I feel especially now in this age of pandemic, and we all are on Zoom. There seems no better time than to be asking those kinds of questions.
0: Yes, um, there are so many ways in which you can approach this. Right, so digitalization, the digital world, can can just be this. Sort of thing that lands from outer space and we're all trying to approach it from our disciplines and we're trying to figure out well what is this thing and so i would say coming from my perspective um, it's a question of what is the body politic and what is the individual human being the body politic uh, you can see is being atomized is being it's coming apart it's but through the digital world is also becoming, in a way, spiritualized. I went to a an online conference where somebody said, "You know, the internet is the Holy Spirit," and I thought that that is unbelievable in a way. Um, but this is how people think they are constituted and connected as individuals mm-hmm. and as a community. And and I think it's it's interesting to ask: Is this just? Um, yet another form of a kind of spiritual or intellectual life that we lead? Or is it is this a new thing or maybe even a travesty of it? Hmm, that's
1: really interesting. It's almost a Jungian unconscious kind of thing if we're all connected in this, in this interesting way.
0: Yes, that, that aspect is certainly... Uh, plays a huge role, uh, definitely.
1: So tell me a little bit about, um, as I said, the, the December special uh, issue is actually embedded in our December double issue, which is quite large. And the December special issue will head that issue up. It'll lead it. So tell me a little bit about um, what brought this together. It's called Heart in Medicine, History and Culture. And how did this come to be, particularly from these diverse and interdisciplinary directions? Um, this was. This is
0: based on uh, a get together of scholars, cardiologists, uh, researchers in cardiology, cultural historians, and theologians, in 2017, uh, at the Apothecary Society in London. Uh, it was the Flavelle Symposium, which takes place, I believe, uh, once every year. And this event was so, to my mind. It was so special. I, I really thought here is a topic. Here is a theme. Here is a motif that is uniting so many medical concerns, cultural concerns, political concerns, uh, psychological concerns that, um, And I I learned so much. I learned so much about the history of cardiology, about um, the techniques, about the characters. You know, I mean, cardiologists are are a bunch of people um, um, who have a a particular kind of enthusiasm. Right. And um, so we so we thought, let's let's bring these people together and let's publish something. And what could be a better place than medical humanities?
1: That's fantastic. And now, you know, the the articles themselves are quite different um, from one another. And did you want to say a little bit about how they work together in the context of this issue?
0: Yes. I think what we're all um, kind of starting from is what is quite conventionally known as some kind of medical reductionism. So, the idea you know, we look at the heart, we look at the body, and we see it just as this machine, this thing, and obviously the heart as a, as a kind of pump. And that's simply, in a way, the situation where we are. And But the interesting question is, where do we go from there? Because, you, of course, you can't just sit there and say, this is how we got here. Isn't that terrible? Isn't that reducing people and patients and, and how we practice medicine? So I think what each contributor is doing is saying, um, what do we make of that? How, how do we uh, continue from here? And there are obviously very different ways to do that. And uh, somebody like David Cooper, who works on xenotransplantation, has a very different idea uh, what to make of this uh, uh, gap between the heart and the human being, as it were. Mm-hmm. Uh, then somebody like Joshua Warden, who is a, a theologian and who, who really wants to see the person as a, as a holistic, unified human being. So there are, there are tensions in the, in the special issue, definitely.
1: Right, right. And I think it's interesting as well, because um, in some ways, medical humanities as a field has been understood really differently. In different cultures and in different spaces. And so, for instance, I'm in the United States, and for many years, uh, medical humanities, as it was practiced in medical schools, was almost to the exclusion, really, of these kinds of critical discussions. I I don't want to say that it wasn't doing useful things, but it tended to be very medicine focused, very focused on the gaze of medicine looking at humanities rather than humanities as a lens to look back at medicine. And I think. Um, what has expanded is certainly as we do it here in the journal is a much greater sense of how can the humanities reinterpret what we mean by health, what we mean by access to health, what we mean by the political implications, what we mean by the ethical implications, and because we have a focus on social justice at BMJ's medical humanities, um, that's particularly useful to us. And so when you bring together these different, people to have these conversations and you realize they don't have a common language sometimes, um, I think uh, the, the, the question becomes whose voice leads, right? Because we always have a tendency to want to know, like, well, who's the authority? Who's speaking? Who's the one that we are supposed to listen to? And in so many um, situations, it's, it's actually the medical practitioner whose, whose voice gets um, top tier, top billing, right? And I don't think that that's what's happened in your special issue. And I think that that's really important.
0: Yes. Um, I think one reason for that is that the people who've written uh, and contributed are not necessarily drawing such a strong line between medicine and the humanities. Mm -hmm. Uh, Each one has a sense in which Either they have a a direct interest in a field like philosophy and they say, you know, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to do in my spare time. But each one of them has a feeling that the other uh, discipline inevitably is part of what they do and that medicine in itself uh, has a history. It's got an underlying philosophy, even if that is just very often reduced to methodology, And uh, But as soon as you kind of bring that out, it's much easier to find um, a common language. And there's a lot of learning involved as well. And I think also a lot of respect. And I think when there is this mutual respect and interest, then the power question uh, suddenly is subdued almost.
1: Well, and I think um, the other thing too is, by mutual respect, it's not just uh, respect – well, it is respect of each other as, as human beings, but it's also respect for what the individual fields do and that they matter. So, for instance, um, a medical practitioner might have a love of history, but is never going to understand history like a historian, yes. any more than a historian might be interested in heart surgery but isn't going to try and practice one. You know. So I think that um, we know that it's silly – when if, if a, we wouldn't want a historian practicing heart surgery, but sometimes we forget that we shouldn't have heart surgeons uh, trying to practice history as though they are historians. And so yeah. um, I think it's really useful to have these conversations where each participant realizes the value of the other's field of knowledge and doesn't put their own as though somehow it is more valuable because, because I think that's really dangerous. And um, I, I want to say that our present climate right now might be proving that for us because, you know, you don't just treat a pandemic uh, by throwing a lot of money at medicine. That does, that is part of it, right? There's development of vaccines, but it's also who has access to healthcare, whose bodies matter? How do we protect the vulnerable? How do we institute proper, you know, communication about mask wearing? How do we, there's this much, much broader sense of what kinds of fields are brought to bear um, yes. to understanding yes. the pandemic, and, and that I think should hopefully teach us that these multiple and multidisciplinary perspectives are, in fact, the only way forward for an actual humanistic way of practicing medicine.
0: Yes, I agree. And um, there is um, a sense in which certainly ethics, and I don't mean ethics in a kind of uh, merely analytical or a technocratic way. I mean, ethics in a practical way. There's a sense that this is something we really need to talk about. And this is also where I think the different fields come together a kind of a, at the point of a practical wisdom that doesn't just, as you say, chuck uh, money into creating more and more facts. I mean, how many million studies do we have on COVID-19 now? But that doesn't tell you what exactly we should do because Mm -hmm. that derives from a sense of, well, who do we want to be? What do we want to be? How do we, how should we live? Um, Which you can't, uh, you know, find out through doing many empirical studies. So uh, I think this is definitely a a field where uh, the medical humanities can also uh, you know, start the conversation about about practical wisdom.
1: In some ways, I sometimes wonder if there's technically any medicine that isn't medical humanities, really, um, because I'm not sure that you can practice it yes. uh, effectively any other way. Um, now, before we leave, I do want to say again the the special issues called Heart and Medicine History and Culture, and in some, uh, it, it's not an accident that you chose the heart for this particular special issue, but I also feel that this treatment isn't exclusionary. It isn't exclusive to the heart. You, you easily could have probably focused on all sorts of uh, the brain, for instance, as well. And I wonder, are you thinking about possible ways in which this, might, this model might be utilized in the future?
0: Well, I mean... I, I would question whether you can use the brain in the in the same way. I mean, I su- I suppose you you're asking about the model and h- how to approach a topic. Do I get you right there?
1: <laughs> right. You have your theologians, and you have uh, you have your surgeons, and you have your obviously we. It'd be much more difficult to talk about transplantation in the brain, <laughs> but, um, but but I mean, in general, though, um, you could you could sort of take any field of medicine and use this treatment. Would you be uh, interested in having symposiums in the future that sort of look at different aspects?
0: I think there is a general um, need, perhaps, for broadening this out into the question of the body as a mm-hmm. as a whole. Uh, so. You know, even if you can't exercise uh, topics like, you know, transplantation, as you say, to the brain. Um, And of course, the focus on the brain is a different one. And the uh, philosophy of the brain, you know, neuropsychology, neuroscience, uh, neurophilosophy, these are different um, fields. So I think there is a as soon as you switch organs, as it were you you enter a completely different set of disciplines, I would almost say, which has to do with the way we we understand uh the, the symbolism and, and the history of these organs.
1: And yet yeah. I think theology would probably end up being part of most of those discussions in some way.
0: Yes, yes. Um and I think so theology would then in in that sense probably enter via um you know, the foundations of philosophy or a metaphilosophy, whereas if you look at the body as a whole, for example, you, I, I new, a completely different field uh, opens up, you know, you have corporate bodies, you have right. corporate identities, you know, you have corporate persons and so on. So you could replicate this kind of focus and you would, with with each different focus, you would Attract uh, a whole new set of very interesting people and very interesting
1: voices, no doubt. I feel like we we could have a really interesting uh, edited collection or series um, based on 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 these on this very model. Is really definitely exciting. so. Again, um, thank you so much for joining us. I hope everyone will tune in to the December issue. Um, just so our listeners know, you can see a summary of the different articles appear on the blog and there will also uh, frequently they are attendant with a short um, audio blurb from the authors as well and we'll be tweeting those out it should be launched sometime in mid-december and we look forward to you being part of it again teresa thank you so much for being part of us thank
0: you so much thank you for listening to the medical humanities podcast stay in touch by reading the journal or our blog online just follow the links in the episode description we're also on twitter at medhams underscore bmj or find us on facebook